In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the And welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me today is not Richard. He's on assignment somewhere in, across the pond in the UK doing whatever Richard does. But I have a very special co-host, uh, my favorite photographer, Laura Worcester. Hey, Ron. How's it going? I am doing outstanding. Great. How do you like all the snow? Uh, okay. <laughs> I take that as a no. <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, it has an effective turnout at the booth, let's put it that way. Um, uh, I understand it's the heaviest turnout in, uh, since, actually it's heavier than the last presidential election. Are you serious, really? I am serious. I just talked to the town clerk, and for those who don't know, we live in Massachusetts in the little town of Draket, and uh, we have a very important uh, race going on now between uh, Martha Coakley of the Democrats and Scott Brown of the Republicans, and it's kind of amazing, actually, because uh, they thought Martha Coakley would be a shoe-in, uh, being Ted Kennedy's seat, having it for 45 years, and then... Uh, you know, they have a great political machine in, in Massachusetts. And, and there are three-to-one registered voters. But, uh, hey, it's interesting because uh, I guess it's pretty much a dead heat now. Yeah, well, it ain't over till it's over, so. Yeah, so a fat lady's singing. You singing? <laughs> Excuse me? What? What? Do you want to rephrase that? <laughs> uh, maybe it was something I said. <laughs> but anyways, we want to welcome uh, our friends over at Pararex, too, uh, if which that is always a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, we have some things coming up at the uh, Circles of Wisdom and Andover, my metaphysical bookstore and a whole lot more, right? Yeah. And I have an event coming up, uh, the Ghost Hunt, which will be at the vault in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. It'll be kind of cool. Is that just, it's just the vault, or is it a bank, or what, what is it? The vault, that's what it's called. The building used to be a bank, and uh, a bank, a bank, <laughs> and <laughs> it's now a church, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, and it's got real vaults. The real, you know, the big, heavy, giant door thing? Yeah, I suppose it'd be a lot easier just to leave it than to try to remove it, right? Yeah, 
So what's going to happen is we are going to be doing EVP sessions in the vault. It's going to be closed, locked in there and doing that kind of stuff. And then we're going to try EVPs there. So it's going to be kind of interesting. And also beneath the bank is a series of uh, tunnels. And uh, I guess there's another vault down there as well. So that looks Hmm. kind of cool. What, what, What type of activity is reported to be there? Uh, all kinds of activity, and I, I see the phone ringing, so that must be another political message from uh, <laughs> one of our candidates, I'm sure. <laughs> How many phone calls did you get yesterday? <laughs> oh, my God, isn't that awful? <laughs> but anyways, the vault is a cool place, but one of the, another thing we're going to be doing down here is uh, we have actually some of the safety deposit boxes that be in there. Now, the safety deposit box is uh, you know first made out of metal, which is a good conductor of energy. And it also contained many important things, or things important to uh, the people who rented them. And being an old building, they were rented sometimes by the same family for, you know, years and years and years. So we're going to do some uh, teller, uh, not telekinesis, uh, what is that? Uh, Psychometry? Psychometry, we say. (laughs) And it's going to be neat because we're going to do it. I'm going to have some of the uh, people who... uh, Sign up for that to do it independently and like write a little part out. So we'll see what will if you know people get the same thing from it and what they get from it. So hmm, that's really cool because because they say you can pick up a lot of information from people, you know, the objects people um, held dear to them. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And sometimes some people say I don't know if this is true or not, but they say sometimes items are haunted by people who don't want to leave them behind. This is this is absolutely. true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first heard that, I thought it was like a bunch of bull crap. That, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still on the fence about it. <laughs> but no, but then, you know, I'm looking at it. you got to remember, when, when I started paranormal investigating, I didn't believe a lot of stuff, you know. I was pretty much mainstream. And uh, I'm very, very skeptical, and I still am. Uh, but, you know, people told me that, like, like this table is haunted, or this is that. It's like, why, well, yeah, whatever. But then, then I started looking back on my, my Catholic background again, and then I realized, what are relics? Hmm. Aren't relics objects? Yeah. So it would be the same thing, really. Would it? That, that the, the energy of a saint would be attached to a uh, piece of cloth, a piece of wood, uh, whatever. And so why couldn't a, a spirit's energy be attached to a particular object as well? Maybe. Yeah, very so, possible. That's kind of what I'm looking at. But anyways, uh, we have a guest on the line. And by the way, that's the ghost hunt. That'll be on February 20th. Yeah, and you can get tickets at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Uh, you go to our website, anyghostproject.com. That's any, like New England, ghostproject.com. And there is a link there. Now, we have a, a, a guest on the line who's actually a, a, a good friend of mine. He's on the... Uh, Board of Directors with me of um, the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse, and he is probably the smartest lighthouse guy I know, and he is Jeremy Dontremont. Hi, Ron. How you doing? Good. You know, what's really interesting is that um, we are doing a new book, Maureen and myself, and it's all about haunted places around the world. And so when I have a question about lighthouses, I always call Jeremy. Laura, have you done any investigation of lighthouses? I haven't. Okay. 
You're actually missing out on something. Cool. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're very, very cool. Uh, Jeremy can attest to that. But anyways, we, oh, yeah. we, one of the places that we came across was a place up in uh, Toronto, Toronto called yeah. Gibraltar uh, Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting story. You, you, you kind of jogged my memory when you called about it. Uh, I knew about the story, but I kind of, you know, I hadn't thought about it in years. It's something I looked into quite a few years ago. But uh, it's a very interesting story, so I just was reviewing some of the material. Um, it's one of the oldest lighthouses on the Great Lakes and one of the oldest lighthouses in Canada. It was built in 1808, so it's a little over Arguably, it is the oldest. What's that? Sorry? Arguably, it is the oldest. Well, uh, Sambro Island... I'm sorry, I was going to say Sambro Island Lighthouse in Nova Scotia is generally said to be the oldest lighthouse in Canada. It, it is, but it, it was largely been, changed. It yeah. was renovated, so it's really not the same original. While uh, Gibraltar Point, uh, uh, Gibraltar, whatever it is, um, has still the original stairs and stuff. I mean, it's still the original tower. Right, although it was raised in height some years after it was built, so it's not it's not exactly like it was you know built originally either, but... But, you know, it's a fine point. It's hard to say. But anyway, it's one of the oldest lighthouses on the Great Lakes and in Canada. And the story that that's usually told, the ghost story, um, I guess it's a little hazy as far, you know, nobody's been able to pin down the, all the facts and everything as to whether this, this murder actually took place there, but it seems like it really took place. There was a keeper during the War of 1812, and... Reviewing the material, it seems like every every version of it you see, his name is spelled differently. So I'm not quite sure what his real name was, but either Muller or... Uh, his last name was uh, probably R-A-D-E-M-U-L-L-E-R, Rad Mueller or Raid Mueller. But some versions say his last name was Muller or Mueller. Um, but um, anyway, uh, this keeper, uh, J.P. Rad Mueller was probably his name, uh, apparently made his own beer at the lighthouse. Woohoo! And sold it to, there was a fort nearby, a British fort, and he would sell the, the beer to soldiers and other people around the area. But this one night, I guess, a couple of, uh, or a few uh, very drunken British soldiers showed up at the, the door wanting his beer. And he, I guess he felt they had had enough already. He wasn't interested in giving or selling them any. So um, they weren't uh, happy when he said no. And the story goes that they uh, they beat him up and, and killed him for that, which is, that's not that there's any good reason to kill somebody, but that's a pretty bad reason. Anyway, they uh, this, it's a pretty gruesome story. You know, I don't know if you read the... There's a version of people want to look it up online, and Lighthouse Digest magazine had a good good version of the story, pretty well detailed, uh, written by a guy named Jack Cohane. And um, it says that they uh, they beat him senseless, they, and they ended up dragging him up the stairs of the lighthouse and throwing him off the top. And... Uh, and that they actually uh, buried uh, him in a bunch of different places. <laughs> right, they, they cut him up, um, yeah. I heard. Yeah, um, and that was kind of, appears to have been proven some years later because somebody did find, I guess a later lighthouse keeper there, found some remains and just partial remains. They never found a whole skeleton or anything. There were just pieces Ugh. found. What a way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just horrible. Yeah. But, um, I guess you really had a split personality. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, the story goes that a lot of people, you know, since then have seen these, uh, like, weird uh, weird mist or lights, swirling lights, that sort of thing. And also uh, hearing, uh, make, uh, sometimes it sounds like somebody's being dragged up the stairs of the lighthouse. 
and they've actually supposedly found uh, blood blood stains on the stairs of the lighthouse, stuff like that. So it's quite a story. And uh, of course, it's all true. We all know that. Well, <laughs> that's the fun thing about these stories. It's probably at least some of it is probably true. You know, it's hard. People can decide for themselves where the where the line is between truth and fiction or, or legend or whatever. But you know, I mean, people have, from what I've read, people have definitely definitely experienced some strange things there. You know what's uh, pretty neat, Laura, is that uh, a lighthouse investigation is very very unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, just think of the variables that you have in there with the the, uh, the ocean and mm-hmm. the, the wind and the, and the dew and well not the dew but the moisture in the air. It, there's so many variables that can all affect uh, not only your equipment but also your senses as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Very and, true. And a lot of people say that just being near the water actually is conducive to um, paranormal activity because it. it it uh, heightens the energy. So, that's what some people say. No, it's it's very interesting. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's for instance, uh, some people believe. In fact, the early settlers, for instance, Concord, they there's a, a river that runs through the town, and they have a cemetery on the north side of the river and the south side of the river. And the reason they have that is that they felt that uh, if you took a body over uh, water, the water would uh, draw its soul out. And, hmm. So that's why they have cemeteries on both sides of the room. So water has uh, a significance in the paranormal. And, of course, the, uh, the, the uh, Richard Felix, what he always talks about is water tape theory or whatever the heck it is, mm-hmm. uh, about being how things can be trapped in uh, water. So, anyways, that's what I have to yeah. say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jeremy has actually gone on a couple of investigations with us. And uh, one of them, of course, is his hometown lighthouse of uh, Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, you guys were the first to do a full investigation there, and uh, we've done events with the public since then, and some interesting things have happened during those as well. And the, the um, ghost hunters went there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people want to look that up online, you can see the uh, ghost hunter show done at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. They shot in uh, October '08, and it's been on a bunch of times since then. And, in fact, uh, you're on the show, I believe, too. Yeah, I'm the uh, client on the show. So unlike, you know, it's a very different experience because with you guys, you know, I'm able to take part in the investigation, which I really enjoy. And, and, and to me, that's extra validation. If something interesting happens, then you have, you know, I, I was there to witness it. But with Ghost Hunters, um, they don't allow the client to be there during the investigation. So I had to leave, you know, before they got rolling and then come back, and, you know, get their report the next day. So it's very, very different. If people, if people have seen the show or if they want to look it up on YouTube, quite a bit did happen during their investigation. They had knocking on the walls. They had footsteps on the stairs and some other interesting sounds. Um, but the only people there to experience that were their own cast and crew. I'm not saying they made it up, but it, just would, it would have been nice, I think, to have... Validation. Validation. Yeah, don't you think so? That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I would, think, I would think so. It'd be nice to be there and, and actually witness some of the the evidence being caught. I think that'd be cool. I, I think it, like Jeremy said, it's outside validation. It's, it's one more that makes your uh, evidence that much stronger. Right, exactly. 
Exactly. Now, Jeremy, have you always um, believed in ghosts, or do you actually believe in ghosts? I should start with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question to answer yes or no to. I, yeah, I, I'd have to, if I had to say yes or no, I'd have to say yes, sure. But, um, you know, I, like I heard what Ron was saying when I, before I came on, um, about how he, to some degree, is still skeptical. He, he used to be really skeptical, and he still kind of is. And I think I kind of have that mindset, too. In other words, I don't, you know, I don't believe, if people tell me they experience something, you know, and they describe what they experience, I believe that they believe it. But I try not to jump to conclusions about any of it. Right. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. too easy to, to do that. And uh, uh, I definitely believe there's a lot of things that we haven't explained yet with our science or whatever. You know, there's, there's just things we don't understand yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, have an op- I, I like to think I'm skeptical with an open mind. That's you're healthy, you're a healthy skeptic is what right. you are. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. But um, but I I'm, I think Laura is too in 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 that way, aren't you, Laura? Oh yeah, I am. I mean, I definitely um, believe I've seen too much evidence to think that there isn't something out there. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm very skeptical with evidence. And okay, show me some more evidence. You know, how did you get this? You know, and what were the circumstances? What were the conditions? Yeah, you know, I want to hear um, everything about it because, like you know, like you said, it's nice to be there to actually see the evidence being gathered because you can kind of put it in perspective, you know. You just, yeah. you just have something being played back to you. Like, well, okay, well, right. who, who was in the building at the time? You weren't there, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And a lot of t- yeah, and a lot of times, like with EVPs, so much of it is open to, to interpretation, you know. That's true. Um, and we've had some interesting EVPs recorded in Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, but, um, and the most interesting ones were probably that first investigation New England Ghost Project, but we've had other groups since then who've, who've, you know, after the investigation, they'll email me some sounds and they'll say, oh, this is a, I can't even remember off the top of my head, but say, uh, oh, this is a woman saying, uh, please help me or something, and I don't hear it at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think to some degree there's what happens is, you know, with the with EVP, with some EVPs, I'm not saying I don't believe that some EVPs are, are real, you know, what they're supposed to be. But I think a lot of the time there's a there's the human tendency of the brain to want to make sense out of chaos. Yeah. You know, you hear a, a, a sound that, you know, maybe sort of sounds like a voice and you, you read things into it. You, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, yeah. I know this has been talked about endlessly with EVPs. I'm not the first person to talk about this. <laughs> no, no I, I think it's a valid point. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I listen to some and, you know, uh, we used to have Karen, uh, who was a, an excellent the uh, specialist is part of the group, and she would, uh, you know, play some EVPs for me, and, and some of them I could, you know, very well hear, and, you know, there was no doubt in my mind, but there are others that, like, whatever, if that's what you hear, that's what you hear, uh, but I don't, you know, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, it's, it's like photographs, you know, when you get a photograph, and, uh, and I think nobody is more critical of photographs than Laura. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> You've seen enough orbs for a lifetime yet? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and thing too, you get that matrix thing thing going on. Where people try to see images in something that really isn't there. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah it's it's hard. Cause it's, I, I I walk that line between you know um, being skeptical and, and believing because it, it yeah because I've seen some really interesting things in photos and then some people say, can't you see that face? Or can you see you know? And, I don't see it. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, 
Yeah, I had an experience like that myself where during that first investigation at the lighthouse, actually in the keeper's house, um, Maureen Wood had a, you know, did some very interesting channeling in the, in the house. And then shortly after everybody left this one area in the house, I took a picture. And later when I looked at it, I, I really felt I could see a, a face like, uh, like underneath a chair, the image of a face. In a, it looked like a place where there wouldn't be normally any light getting under there. You know, it was, it was very to me it was very strange. But mm-hmm. very few people, you know, unless I explained it to them and said, "Oh, there's the eyes," there's the, you know, unless I really explained it to them, almost nobody saw that. You know, mm-hmm. so again, um, so I've stopped showing that to people because I, I think it may have been a case of almost like wishful thinking on my part, like reading something into it that wasn't wasn't really there. Well, possibly, and maybe not too, because and you think about it also. Um, a lot of times, mediums will, when they're getting information um, in the form of images and words and things like that, it's not coming in the clearest picture possible. It's mm-hmm. coming in bits and pieces. Right. You know? so, yeah, I never could figure that out, but that's all right. What's that? I could never figure that out, but that's all right. Oh. <laughs> you see, couldn't see the, the face I'm talking about? Is that what you're... No, no, no. Oh. How mediums only get things... Oh, oh, oh. Well, some do, some get you know clears the balance. Some just will just get you know pieces of a puzzle and they got to put it together. So maybe in, in some way that's the way um, images and photos come up too. It's just the only way that that particular energy could come across on film. You know, who knows? I mean, how we won't know until probably we cross over. <laughs> but, exactly. That's what know. I always say, Laura. That's... Yeah. So but... it, it, it is. It is hard to say. I, I I find it very hard for me to say. Oh, that's definitely not an orb. That's not a real orb. That's not, you know, something paranormal. And, mm-hmm. and I, I find it hard to do that, but at the same time, I, you know, but it very well could be dust. It could be right. water water in the air. It could be any number of things. So I, I never actually say, definitely, this is not something. I, I hardly ever say that. And mm-hmm. it's, cause there's always that possibility. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, and we've said before, too, sometimes an orb showing up may actually be explainable, but the fact that it shows up in a particular part of the photo could actually be a sign from somebody. Now we're getting deeper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, because you might get the family photo, and right where, you know, there's a space where someone's face would be who would be there if they hadn't crossed over, and there's that big orb right in the middle, and you go, hmm, yeah, it could be dust, but (laughs) maybe it's supposed to be there for a reason. Uh So. It, there's that fine line. It really yes. is. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know, but there are so many, I mean, we all want that perfect photograph, like, you know, the ghost of uh, Raynham Hall or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the ghost of the water tower, whatever, whatever that perfect shot where we have that person say, yeah, there he is. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny, though, is, is people have sent me photographs, and I've looked at them, and there'll be, for instance, a little girl, and they'll, they'll say, I took this photograph, and that little girl wasn't there. And it's like, how how do you even say anything to that? I Like, first of all, I can see the little girl, so she's there in the photograph. Mm-hmm. So I only have your word <laughs> that she wasn't there. <laughs> right. So, But it looks so real that you, you want to dismiss it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard, yeah. Because, yeah, so it, that's why when people show me photos a lot of times, they're like, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what the conditions were. Can you tell me, you know, was it somewhat misty at all? Was there any humidity in the air that you know of? Was it, you know, and they, they don't remember, they don't recall, they don't have information. Oh, I can't tell you for sure. It could be, you know, and um, 
because that's why it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, there's so many variables. Absolutely. I, you know, one of uh, speaking of lighthouse investigations, um, I wasn't there for this one, but Ron, I know you spent a couple of nights at Wood Island Lighthouse in Maine, right. and those pictures that were taken in the in the basement um, uh, while Maureen was uh, apparently in contact with a female spirit, and there were a series of pictures taken that looked like a mist taking the form of a figure. In the picture, those are pretty compelling. Those are about as, as good as just about anything I've seen. Very cool. You know what's funny is, is I look through all these pictures that we have taken over the years because I've been investigating them oh, for what twelve years now. Some I don't know some ridiculous amount. Seems like forever. I mean, hundreds of investigations, and and you look at them, you say you start dismissing them. It's it's like your brain uh, doesn't want to see it. what you saw before is. Not what you want to see now. It's like, uh, okay, well, you know, this could be, this could be, you start dismissing what mm-hmm. you originally thought was, ooh, maybe this is proof of the paranormal. Now you're looking back at it and say, well, maybe, you know, now I don't know if that's just a natural tendency or us to make logic in our own brain. Or, or I think it is. I think that is a natural tendency of the, the brain. Because I did this, I've done the same thing. You have. Yeah, well, like that picture I said that I took during. Now, when I look at that, I, I think it just, just you know, it, you could, you can read things into a lot of things. Um, so we got to, have to be careful with that. But then sometimes it maybe takes uh, some time and distance from it, you know, to really, really look at it objectively too. But then again, you know, maybe, maybe there's a human tendency to not want to believe in the paranormal. So maybe you're, you know, <laughs> part of, you're sort of discounting that, which isn't, isn't necessarily good either so yeah right now now the white house let's go back to that for a minute uh, there are mm-hmm. so many stories associated with white houses for instance we just talked about uh the one in uh, gibraltar in toronto uh but also wood island with with the murder and suicide there uh you know the the one in block not block island um new london ledge with the lighthouse keeper i mean this seems to be this these tales always about lighthouses, the death, and how the spirits always haunt you. Do you find that, uh, Jeremy, there are more lighthouse stories than, than you think, like, for instance, regular building stories? Um, it seems like it. Maybe partly just because the lighthouses are, look, are, you know, they're a unique kind of building and people are really fascinated by them, so they, you know, people study them pretty, pretty closely. Um... But um, I don't know. There could be a lot of reasons for that. I, I think, you know, again, I certainly have an open mind about this, and I think I know there's something to a lot of these stories. But at the same time, I think lighthouses lend themselves to to um, storytelling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, in the days when you had uh, keepers living at the lighthouses, they're all automated now. But in the days when keepers and their families lived at them, or some of the offshore ones, only male keepers lived at them, you know, I think the people often would sit around and tell stories, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's how some of these these stories were born. Uh, later on, you had the Coast Guard starting in 1939. The Coast Guard took over, and you had young Coast Guard guys at a lot of these lighthouses. And certainly, there was a lot of storytelling going on, and maybe attempts to scare the new guy on the on the on the crew. You know, that kind of thing. I know there was stuff like that that went on. Um, you know, again, not to discount all of it, but I think. You know, they just lend themselves to that kind of thing. They also lend themselves to the imagination running away with you. Like, Ron, you were saying, oh, you have so, so much going on, the ocean sound, the wind. Yep. 
and Jeremy, so forth. you're not going to believe this, but we're out of time. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> so we have been talking to Jeremy Dontremont. Uh, your website, give it out quickly. Uh, www.lighthouse.cc. Also, newenglandlighthousetours.com. All right. We'll be right back after the following messages on Pararex and CoachNet and beyond. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. I am Ron Kolick, and Richard Felix is off doing what Richard Felix does. And with me is my special guest, Laura Wister. Hello. And you have your own uh, radio show as well, uh, Laura, I believe, correct? I do. I, ha- I co-host the show with my friend Don Jones, and it's on Monday mornings on another station. <laughs> okay. Give it out. I mean, if well, I'll give out my website, and you can get the link from there. It's um, dawnandlaura.com. It's D-A-W-N and L-A-U-R-A.com. You have a website, and you're not linked to the New England Ghost Project website? Uh, I thought we were. I don't think you are. <gasps> I'll have to check that out and figure <laughs> You are mentioned on the site, though. Uh, Anyways, um, we have a uh, special guest uh, right now. Let's bring her on. Uh, She is an expert in the Orby stuff. Uh, Well, I don't know Orby stuff, but some kind of stuff. Uh, Elizabeth Foley. Hi, Ron and Laura. How are you? Angel Elizabeth. (laughs) Angel Laura. (laughs) Bad Angel Ron. Anyways, the reason I, I, I've brought uh, Elizabeth onto the show is because uh, this past, well, for two reasons. The first one um, is because of last Saturday where we, uh, where I hosted a uh, movie night at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. It was actually the first one there, and it was called Orbs, The Veil is Lifting, and uh, it's a, it goes along with, I guess, the Orb Project, uh, which is 
book. And it's all about orbs. And Elizabeth, you know a little bit about orbs, don't you? I actually, yeah, I do. I say a little bit more than just a little, but yeah. What do you want to know? Well, you know, uh, it was interesting, this movie. Um, did you like the movie? I haven't seen it, actually. I uh, I did not like the movie, but... Uh, you didn't? Why? Because? It was just one of those, you know, handy-pandy things. Oh, you think it was too foo-foo? Yeah, foo-foo. You, you want more scientific evidence? <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, they... For instance, they said, well, orbs uh, are not dust particles, they're not this, they're not that. You know, we do know that some orbs are dust particles, water vapor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you have to look at everything. I mean, they, they, they just went to one end and they discounted all the scientific end and they said, well, it's beyond science, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, but they basically say that we are... Uh, now being uh, connected with beings from other dimensions who are orbs. Right. So there you go. What's the matter with that? <laughs> and they talked about how you can go out and you can call the orbs and the orbs will come all around you and stuff like that. And they do? That's why I'm bringing you on the show. I want okay, to okay, more about okay. that. All right. All right. Well, I believe that some of the orbs are, you know, sometimes they are just, you know, some dust or some water vapor. That does happen. But when you are starting to take a picture and you ask the orb, you know, please place, you know, your energy in my left hand or right hand or over my head, and it does so, that's more than just, you know, flickers of dust or or, you know, water particles or moisture or, or precipitation or anything like that. There's something to it. And if anyone thinks that we're really here by ourselves, then I think there's enough evidence out there to say that we're not. And not everyone is in physical form. Mm-hmm. Now, you we know? are talking with Elizabeth Foley, who is an angelologist. And your website, Elizabeth? It's www.divinehealing.us. And you also teach classes and have written several books and also uh, have, what, angel cards as well? I have um, Deck of Fairy Cards, a meditation um, CD, two books, and one more book to come out hopefully beginning of April. She's mm-hmm. the hardest working angel person in the business. Oh, God, I'll tell you. <laughs> but that's okay. Busy and out of trouble. You know what? Some, someday you'll, you'll, you'll be as good as Doreen Virgil. Okay, please don't please don't measure me against her. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. For the oh, people. I see. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, so, so Elizabeth, um, I, so Elizabeth, I was I have a question for you. Yes, Laura. Because um, I saw a bunch of pictures that were pictures of orbs. Yeah. And is, are you getting feedback? I am. You guys hear that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just me. It'd be my phone. But anyway, so. I was uh, looking through some cards, and they had lots of different um, close-up pictures of orbs. Right. And someone had actually said, okay, this is Archangel Samuel. This is Archangel Raphael. How do people know when they're looking at the picture of an orb that it's actually an angel energy? Um, An angel energy usually 
in my experience? Well, there are a couple of things, Laura. That's a really good question. Sometimes people just think, you know, you're pulling stuff out, out of thin air. Oh, this is what this is. This is what that is. This Pretty is. Much. Um, first of all, you got to do a check-in and ask the orb or ask the energy. If you're sensing that it's an archangel type of energy, ask. And let's say maybe that person says, oh, it feels like Archangel Raphael. I keep getting that. Then ask Archangel Raphael if that's really your energy. Then please, you know, give me some kind of a validation. Either move over here, move over there. You can use the pendulum. You can douse for it. Uh, you can ask him to also give you another clear, concrete sign to just validate that's his energy. Um, I just had someone here for a class over the weekend, a Reiki class, and she said, Elizabeth, I just don't see much of anything. Mm-hmm. So I threw her in the bathroom. You've probably been in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I know that sounds funny, but... In the- <laughs> People can do this at home. You go in your bathroom, no lights on, get it really dark, close the door about three-quarters of the way, just have some natural light coming in, if possible, and then just stand in front of the mirror that's in your bathroom and just, you know, allow your eyes to kind of adjust to the dark and then just start seeing, like, light. Those are little twinkle lights or angel lights. So, mm-hmm. so I told her, just go in the bathroom and close the door all together. And just breathe and center, because she said, I don't even get any messages. And I really want to get messages. I want to see. So I said, just go in there, and I'll give you like five minutes. When she came out, she was glowing, walking on cloud nine. And it's like, what happened? She said, it was just phenomenal. She said, a few days ago, I was getting Kuan Yin, who was an ascended master. And I kept getting that, just more intuitively. It's like, that's the energy I need to work with right now. That's the ascended master. And she said, all of a sudden, while I'm in the bathroom, I saw this huge ruby red orb right in front of me. Mm. I said, well, that's Kuan Yin. And that has been documented that Kuan Yin's energy when she comes in is that fiery ruby red energy. He didn't mention my name, did he? Si. Si. Um, well, then, if you don't know what it is, they probably don't know you either. <laughs> ah! <laughs> hey, Ron, just, just for a reference point, Kuan Yin is like the... Eastern Mother Mary, basically. Give you a Actually, reference. we have a statue of Kuan Yin on our uh, writing desk. So oh, do you? I'm, I'm a well of the babe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but do you talk to her? Uh, no. Do you babe her? She doesn't talk to me, and I don't talk to her. Well, then, well, hello. But people can ask for a sign. They can do a check-in um, and see what they get. But there has been enough documentation that there are some energies out there that are very specific, like Archangel Michael is usually a cobalt blue or a deep royal purple. Mother Mary is usually a sky blue, Kuan Yin, a fiery ruby red. Um, um, Gabriel is a bright copper-colored gold. And now, it's, um, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, that she's a ruby red. Now, uh, the red color is also associated with uh, uh, Satan and the devil, uh, in many circles as well. I don't know if you were aware of that. Uh, no, because I don't hang out in those circles, Ron. Ah, okay. Yes, Elizabeth. <laughs> Zing. Usually I would associate the devil with more, like, black or dark energy. That's just me. I wouldn't think of of red associated with the devil, per se. But, but that's okay. But, no, when someone is saying, oh, I think this is Michael or Raphael or whoever, you don't. It's fairly just Jasmine. Why are you saying that? 
Did they tell you that? Did you get that message? Does the orb communicate with you? Or does it feel that way? And, you know, trust what you get, but it's your responsibility to do that. Check it and ask, who's around me? And if it's truly, to me, um, well, I don't really care what kind of energy in, in truth it is, whether it's an archangel, it's a guide, it's a master, it's a deceased loved one. Everyone has their own unique energy signature. So the more you become sensitive to energy, you're going to be able to discern very quickly who's around you. That's the energy of Kuan Yin. That's the energy of Mother Mary. That's the energy of Michael. That's the energy of my spirit guide or my deceased grandmother on the other side. So they all have their own unique energy signature. But if you're starting to see orbs and you want to know who it is, ask. And then just trust what you get, whether you see it, hear it, feel it, or know it. And you can also get that extra validation by saying, okay, I think this is St. Germain coming in. And if this is really the orb or the energy of St. Germain, I want you to move the orb over this way or that way or give me another outward sign. You can get validation, but you've got to do the asking, though. That's all. You know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned that the devil was red, but you know that originally the devil was blue? No, I didn't know. Yeah, in, if you think about it, uh, the devil uh, or evil is what? Or die? Darkness is the absence of light. Right. So, uh, Chaucer started this whole thing about hell being fires and everything else, when right. it really should be a, a um, Arctic wasteland where there is no God, so therefore no light, therefore no heat, which are all associated together. Ah, huh. oh, okay. That. Well, that's really interesting. I believe hell can be whatever you want it, whatever you think hell is. Could it's, be what's going on in Haiti right now. I don't think that's true, honey. And speaking about Haiti, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. you are doing something I thought was really, really neat, which is the second reason why I wanted to bring you on the show, and okay. that is you are actually uh, doing something to help uh, the earthquake victims in uh, Haiti. Yep, I'm actually doing um, until probably maybe the end of this month or even into next month, depending on on um, how popular it is or what people want. But I'm offering uh, these email gypsy readings, and I call it gypsy readings because I'm using Russian gypsy fortune-telling cards, which are very cool. It's just a different divination tool, but still working with the angels and still working with my whole team. And I'm emailing um, the readings to individuals and 20% of the, of the proceeds that are collected from the readings, which are only, only $35, 20% is going to go to an organization that actually helps all of the victims in Haiti. So it helps the adults, it helps the kids, it helps everything for food and water, et cetera, because that's what they really need. They really need the basics. And, and, and what's um, this organization? Is, is is, I assume it's a reputable one. Yes, it is. In fact, 90% of the monies collected or fundraising goes to the people. It doesn't go in someone's pocket because I really did a lot of research, and that's the one that really felt right to me. Now, there's some organizations, in case people might be interested in, there are some organizations popping up that are for the animals of, of Haiti. So who knows? They might be offering that maybe the next month or something. Interesting. But uh, they really desperately need help and you know 
that kind of stuff can happen anywhere. Sure. And we all have to learn how to pitch in and help each other out. Mm-hmm. And, and now if somebody wanted to get one of these readings, how would they get one of these gypsy readings? Um, they could either give me a call at 603-888-0658, or they can just pop me an email and just say, you know, want to get a gypsy reading, and my email is divine, that's D-I-V-I-N-E, underscore healing at A-T-T dot net. And you know what's really cool? You know what's really cool, Ron and Laura? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a couple of other colleagues email me, and they said, well, we don't want a gypsy reading, but just want to let you know that what you're doing really inspired us, and for the next month, whatever we collect in services, 20% is going to go there, too. So other people are starting to do the same, and I think that's a really, you know, that's a really good thing. It you know, is. Just um, one little droplet in a pool of water, but it ripples out. So if enough people do it, then, you know, there's a lot of help being sent. Mm-hmm. And I know people want to send prayers and healing energy, and that's good too, but right now they need the basics. They need clean, you know, clean water. They need food. They need medicine, especially for the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's my spiel. No, I think it's a, a great thing. Now, I, I like to talk a little bit about this uh, gypsy reading. Now, now, gypsy cards, for those who don't know what I assume, would be like any other cards, like the angel cards. The nope, they're actually fairy, very different, Ron. Fairy cards, tarot cards. In uh, which way are they different, uh, Elizabeth? Okay. Um, one card can have a half, and I do mean a half, of four different pictures on it. So if you think of a perfect square, like four inch by four inch, draw an X right in the middle of the square from one end to the other, and in those four little quadrants, there's a half a picture. So of course I work with the whole team, set the intention, and ask the question, what does Ron need to know for this coming year, 2010? And then I start laying down all 25 cards. And as I start laying down the cards, I have to see which pictures actually match up which half equals another half that are in the same area of that one picture of that one card so it's like putting together a puzzle it's only the pictures that actually match do you concentrate your reading on and i have to say it's it's a unique tool it's very different it's a lot of fun to do the readings but they can be kind of long but you get a lot of detailed information and so far they've been really quite on. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good feedback about them. I, I, yeah. I don't see how they, they, they differ that much from, for instance, the tarot card. Uh, when you look at a card and it has so many different things going on that you just definitely pick Well, you're actually them. manipulating the cards and moving them to create. It's like putting together a puzzle. So oh, once you start laying okay. down the card, I lay the first one down, the second one. Okay, is there any half pictures on the second card that match the first card? If so, I... If I need to move the card, I move the card to actually make a whole picture. And then I lay down another card, and again, I match that against the second card. And then you line them up across, and you line them underneath, and you have to really kind of look at everything. So you're putting together the pieces of a puzzle. I kind of like that. I'm sort of like a big kid, so I like to play with puzzles and cards and stuff. So it's not just laying one card and being able to read that one card. Uh Uh-huh. But I, I really, these cards have a really nice feel, but they've been really quite accurate for, for people. Just even a general reading, like what's in store for 2010. And they'll actually like line up what's going on, what's happening maybe now, 
middle of the year, towards the end of the year, or there's a certain theme that's for the whole year. So it varies, but it's proved to be quite accurate. But it's interesting how we went from orbs to now cards. So, okay. Anything uh, why, else? Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if, if this is a, a sign or not, but there's a national grid truck outside my office now. You're on the grid. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're on the so grid, if Ron. If I disappear, you know why. <laughs> oh, you won't disappear. Anyway, no, but I, I mean, it's still... It's just another tool that you're drawing uh, on to get a reading, though, isn't it? I mean, yes. Yeah. For instance, you could use a well. Actually, you could use anything, really. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, do you really need the cards? No, because you are you are that tool. You are that divination tool. Correct. They're, no, they're, more, of a I, focus, they're more of a, a lens, a focal point. Pardon me. They're more of a lens or a focal point. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just like playing with them because I'm putting together the piece of the puzzle. So I feel like a little Dick Tracy here. That's <laughs> like matching up this one with this one, and it's like, oh, what's going on? And uh, but it's it's quite amazing. It's really I will have amazing. to uh, you in action on one of these things. Oh God! <laughs> and, and you know, it's it's also interesting. Our runes, which runes is another method of divination, and mm-hmm. you can actually make your own rune uh, as well. I don't know if you do that. Uh, no, I don't know anyone that really knows how to read them accurately. Really? Yeah, really. Why, do you do that? You want to Any, do the reading for me? Uh, I don't have runes with me, but I, I bet you I could. Okay. You're it, on. It's all about intent and, and tapping into the, the consciousness of the, the world and uh, yeah. whatever you're tipping into. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It comes right down to it. You can use anything. I mean, you could you could use a dinner plate. Exactly. That, that's the thing. I mean, well, oh yeah, think, that's right, Laura. That's right. You said that before. When when you think about it, uh, I mean, don't they eat tea leaves? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, tea leaves and coffee grounds and exactly. Sure. And, and mashed and potatoes and gravy. Yeah. yeah. People read the the lines in your hands. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's all. You know, it's really not what's there. It, you're just using it as a focal point. Right. It, it right. triggers it triggers the um, intuition that you naturally have, and it just triggers certain things, and it draws attention to it. Right. It yeah. Yeah. But that's all. So, Ron, I mean, have you been doing any readings lately? Uh, actually, uh, we did readings, I believe it was uh, last week or the week before on uh, the regular Ghost Chronicle show. Oh, you did? Yeah, you told me that I was going to have a change of attitude. <laughs> you have. I've, I've noticed that already. You're voting for what's, Scott what's Brown. What's the matter with so your attitude? I, I think your attitude's fine. She has an attitude problem. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Anyways, uh, yeah, we were actually had Vicki Monroe on the show, and uh, she did some readings as well. Now, she does not do uh, card reading. She does it just strictly... mediumship, correct? I guess that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? I think she's a medium, yeah. Okay. Uh, Vicki Monroe. Oh, Vicki Monroe. Yeah, she only does mediumship. Okay, mm-hmm. mediumship. So, I mean, it's 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 interesting that, but I, I think that you could, like, well, we were just talking two minutes ago, you could really use anything to get a reading. You don't have to use cards. You don't have right. to use uh, whatever. It's just, it's just what you're really picking up on. Mm-hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. And, all right, let's going back to that. We, we early in the show we mentioned the vault and we mentioned uh, not telekinesis. Uh, psychometry. Psychometry, Elizabeth. Psychometry, yeah. Now, now, Elizabeth. Yes. You are a reader, so you read objects as well. Uh, I can. That's not one of my favorite things to do, but yes, I can. Actually, everyone can. It exactly. will vary from. Pardon me. Exactly. Right, but it will. You know, if someone's more open. Psychically or intuitively, they'll probably get more than a person maybe just dabbling around in it. Right. It's it's like anything else. The more you do something uh, or practice, I guess, good word, the better you get at it. Right. I mean, I, I look at myself and and I consider myself thick as a brick uh, when I started the Ghost Project, and and now I know I'm much more open than I would ever thought I would be. Right. So I think it's when you do things, no matter what it is, ghost hunting or uh, working uh, with angels or uh, working with tarot cards, it, it, the more you do with it. And, and I mean, look at Laura. Now, Laura, since I first met her, has grown... Um, exponentially. Exponentially in the spiritual world. Don't you think so, Laura? Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes, I mean, it's have. very clear. I mean, Laura. I met Laura, by the way, for those who don't know. Laura and I uh, both took a course in uh, Reiki uh, at Elizabeth Foley's, and, and that's where I met Laura. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny how things work out for a reason. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were totally opposite worlds at that time, sort of, mm-hmm. kind of. And I think that uh, we both, grown along this journey that we are traveling. Oh, my God, that sounds so sick. <laughs> <laughs> i got to shoot myself right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Elizabeth, anything you... I know we're just running out of time. Anything you want to add? Uh, give out your website again. Tell us upcoming events or anything. I'm just doing the gypsy stuff for right now. I've got a whole bunch of classes coming up. So it's best to have people just check out my website at www.divinehealing.us. And that's also linked to the Any Ghost Project site as well if you go to the link section. You have a lot of um, uh, teleclasses also, so people don't even have to be in New Hampshire to nope, take the classes. They can, they can be staying home nice and warm like today. Yeah. Being out <laughs> so, in bad, so what, crazy weather. W- yeah. What do they astral project there? Is that, is that how it works? <laughs> Yes, Ron, the astral project. Oh, my God, help me. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, why don't you explain a little bit how that works? I, 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 if it's you just tele- pick up a phone and call in. It's a teleclass. So it's just wow. done over the phone so people can stay home and stay warm and dry. But I will say this. I do have a special quick event coming up probably in February. It hasn't been scheduled, but it's going to be, I believe, or um, uh, I want to say around um, the 19th, something like that, of February. Sort of based on, on the Orb movie, but Uh-oh. I put together some of my top picks. And there's another gal that I've been working with, Barbara, Barbara Brown. Um, and she takes Orb pictures, but she also takes pictures of angels and clouds. So we've combined our efforts together. So we have some regular orbs of angels, fairies, guides, Spirit, 
Uh, we have some ET energy, and we also have some crop circle pictures that were done in ice up, way up in New Hampshire. Really? So we have a little bit of everything. Yes. I had no idea there were crop circle ice, ice yep. crop circles. <laughs> yep. But way up in, in, um, way up in the mountain area, but uh, they're actually very cool. Yeah. And we have another picture of a vortex in someone's backyard that I call it a sucking vortex that literally pulls out energy. So it's a little bit of everything. We just want to expose people to the phenomena, not just orbs, but a little bit of everything. So stay tuned. Sounds interesting, Elizabeth. We want to thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, Angel, we're on. My favorite angel lady. (laughs) All right, Laura. I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yes, absolutely. We're going to be doing um, a couple of psychic fairs together. Really? Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me on the show. Yep. Thanks for being here. All right. See you later. Thanks. All right. Love you both. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, two surprises. I had no idea who you were going to bring on. I'm like, okay, who's going to be next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I like, to, I like to keep people guessing, you know. I know, I noticed that. <laughs> but, you know, every, every so often I like to get back into the visit, metaphysical and not just the ghost hunting. And Elizabeth is probably the most metaphysical person I know. So uh, that was well worth it. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, someday, so, someday I'm going to go on a lighthouse investigation. We will. We we will have. We do have some coming up, and uh, I know we do have some lighthouse events coming up too, which are going to be kind of cool too. Uh, but uh, what, what's going on at Circles? Anything new to do this week? Uh, tonight there's a basic mediumship class with Lauren Rainbow. She's one of the best um, mediums in New Hampshire. So um, she will what's be her name? tonight. Lauren Rainbow. Lauren Rainbow. Lauren Rainbow. She's one of the best mediums I've ever met. She's awesome, and she's teaching basic mediumship there. You know tonight. what? I, I'm taking that that's not her God-given name. You know, I don't know. I've never asked her. <laughs> but it really fits her because she does, She has this laugh that's very infectious, and she just when she laughs, everybody else laughs. Really? So it, it really suits her. So, yeah. It, whether it's her given a name or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and so that's the night at the year circle? Yep, that's tonight at Circles of uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andover, and you can go to circlesofwisdom.com for more information. She has other classes coming up also. Um, and what's coming up over the weekend? Oh, this weekend you caught me away from my computer, so I don't remember what's coming up this weekend. <laughs> Good job. Okay. But everything's but, there on the website, circlesofwisdom.com. And, and you know what's really interesting, too, is, is uh, in fact, I talked to Kathy about it uh, when I was there Saturday for the movie night, uh, having Spirit Rara coming up in March. Yes, the spirit artist, Rita Berkowitz, she's awesome. Yep, she's a medium who draws the images that she sees, so she draws pictures of people who have passed. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that's interesting. She actually yeah. does galleries. And, and, yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm hoping to have her on the show and, and talk to her a little bit about it, because she would be awesome for a ghost hunt. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Would that not? <laughs> we'll have to corner into that. So anyways... <laughs> It's time to wrap it up. You've been watching this Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Cohen. This is Laura Wister. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. Good night. God bless. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, the things that go boom.